What a joy to be able to uh, worship with some other people in the room and to know that time. It's a very blessed time and uh, we look forward to next week when uh, everyone can gather together. Uh, those that feel safe will come and be part of worship next Sunday at 1030. And we're very excited for that time. Hope that you'll be one of those uh, who chooses to do that. Continuing his series today, questions that deserve an answer. When his three-year-old son was diagnosed with a degenerative disease that meant that he would only live until his 20s, Rabbi Harold Kushner tried to answer that unsettling question that so many people have tried to answer in the past. The question is simply this, why do bad things happen to good people? After he arrived at an answer that he was satisfied with, he wrote a book with this question as its title. And over four million people have turned to Rabbi Kushner's answer to that question. But unfortunately, Kushner got it wrong. Kushner had concluded that there are only three possibilities when it comes to understanding suffering and God in this world. Number one, either God does not exist. Or number two, God exists, but he is not good. Or number three... God exists and he is good, but he is not all-powerful. Unbelievably, Rabbi Kushner chose the third explanation, that God is good, but that he just isn't powerful enough to prevent bad things from happening to good people. Many other people have arrived at wrong conclusions also. Theodicy is a branch of philosophy dealing with the issue of evil in light of the existence of God. If God is just and holy and good, then how do evil and suffering and misery be explained? How do they even exist? Three forms of the problem of evil have been identified. Some claim that any evil proves, disproves an all-good God. And some claim that the large amount of evil in the world disproves God. And a third group claimed that the unjust distribution of evil disproves God. What do you think this morning? History's most famous statement of the problem of evil comes from the ancient Greek philosopher Epicurus. Apparently, this question has been around for a long time. And Epicurus asked it this way, he says, Is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. If he is able but not willing, then he is malevolent. If he is he both able and willing, then whence cometh evil? Is he neither able nor willing, then why do we call him God? We find in his words the crux of the matter for today's message in questions that deserve an answer. How indeed can a good, all-powerful God allow evil and suffering in this world? If he is truly good and can do whatever he wants, why then doesn't he do something? Perhaps you found yourself asking this same question. I know I have. I've sat there with families when their young child has just been diagnosed with brain cancer. I've been there when a man lost his wife in her 20s right after she gave birth to their third child. I've seen the images of thousands of children literally starving to death while others have more than enough to spare. And this message hits close to home for many of us, perhaps all of us, 
our family has personally experienced the death of a child after praying that our baby would be healthy or that my wife would never get pregnant at all. Why indeed doesn't God do something about evil and suffering? Well, I want us to go back in our Bible to the very first book and the very first verse of the Bible again today. So open your Bible, if you will, to Genesis chapter 1. Last week we quoted Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We were answering the question, does God exist? In the next verse, Genesis 1-2, we read, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We don't have time to go into a full explanation of this verse, but just let me say this, that darkness here was simply the absence of light. Only God could see what was even there, of course, in that shapeless void. Of course, he's the only one there to see anything. Now, we know that the darkness in Genesis 1-2 was simply the absence of light because in Genesis 1-3, it tells us the first thing that God created, and God created first light. It says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then verses 4 and 5 continue, God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, why are we back in Genesis this morning? Because we need to understand some things that we have experienced in this life that were not created by God. Total darkness did not need to be created because it is not really anything except the absence of light. Let me show you. How many of us have ever gone into a room that is pitch black? No lights. No light at all coming in. How many of us have ever been in a room that was so dark that you literally couldn't see your hand in front of your face? Have you experienced that? Do you know that darkness is not a real thing? Did you know that darkness doesn't really exist? Do you know that darkness is, is not really a physical reality? It's a subjective reality. And darkness is nothing except the absence of light. You can't walk into a room and say, it's too bright in here. I think I'll add more darkness to it. I'll turn on the dark, and the room will get darker. You see how absurd that would be. The way you make a room darker is to dim the light that is in there. You turn off a lamp. You hit the dimmer switch. You darken the room by covering the windows with something that won't let any light through. Now, are you with me so far? This discussion about darkness helps us understand where evil came from. It helps us see, basically, that God did not create evil. God did not create darkness because darkness is only the absence of light. I challenge you to find a Bible verse that says, and God created darkness and then said it is good. In the same way, God did not create evil. Why? Because evil is only the absence of the good that God created the good that God placed in this world. The Bible says that God created everything in the heavens and the earth. And on the last day of creation, the sixth day, God created humankind. He created man in his own image, male and female. He then blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Rule over every other creature. I give you every seed-bearing plant and every fruit with seeds as your food. And it was so. 
And then as Genesis chapter 1 closes, the word of God says this, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Notice that word, very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day, Genesis 1.31. Do you remember the one tree in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve were prohibited from eating of? That's right, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Interesting tree. God had created for them a perfect world, a perfect paradise. Everything they could ever need was right there as they lived and as they worked closely with God. There was really only one rule, one thing that they needed to avoid. They were told not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For God knew that the paradise God created would be lost if Adam and Eve ever chose not to live the good life God had created for them. And when Adam and Eve ate of that tree, they disobeyed God and they rejected the good God had created for them. God had told Adam and Eve that if they chose to eat of that tree, death would be the result. But they ate the fruit anyhow. Now, they didn't know it, but eating of that tree was going to bring great trouble to their lives and to the whole planet. This is exactly what Satan wanted, however. So he sallied up to Eve and he played on her pride. He said things like this, you will not surely die if you eat of that tree. God just knows that your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Eve ate that tree's fruit and gave some to Adam, who also chose to eat it. And their eyes were immediately opened, and they saw that they were naked. They had lost their innocence, and for the first time, they knew what truly evil was. <laughs> they ran and they hid from God, hoping to avoid him and the consequences of their actions. But God and the results of what they had done were unavoidable. God made them clothing to cover their nakedness from animal skins that came from the first creatures to die. Adam and Eve were put out of the Garden of Eden so that they would not eat of the tree of life and live forever in that ungodly condition. They had chosen something other than the good. Death was man's lot now, both physical death and eternal death. Sadly, God knew that this was all going to happen, but it broke his heart. He knew the results of their fateful choice would be catastrophic, so God also created a plan to redeem mankind through a Savior that he would send into the world, Jesus. And here's my point. God did not create evil. God created good. Just as God did not create darkness, God created light. God did not create hatred. God created love. But what God also created was choice. The choice to do good and to love. Basically, to obey God. But for these choices to be real, there had to be freedom to do something else. To not obey to not choose good, to not love God. The choice had to be part of God's creation of man, who is a being with free will, free to obey or disobey God. That was the risk God was willing to take in order to have a relationship with people where they choose to love him. God's creation was a perfect creation. 
But for man to be created in the image of God, he had to be able to choose what he would do with his life. Would he choose the good God created, or would he go his own direction and suffer the consequences? By his choice, man created evil and suffering, not God. Man is responsible for evil and suffering, not God. Now, I will admit that Adam didn't wake up one day and say, I think I'll create all the evil and the suffering in the world that I can possibly create today. I'll I'll just do that all today. He did, however, choose to disobey God. And then evil and suffering followed in greater and greater measure. God didn't create evil and suffering, but in his creation, he made them possible. There had to be potential for them Or the rest of the creation was a foregone conclusion. We would have just been robots mindlessly doing whatever God pre-programmed us to do. If God created mankind with free will, and he did, then he had to actually give us a choice, a real choice. And people can choose to love or not love God. People can choose to obey or disobey God. People can choose to worship and glorify God or worship and glorify a God of their own creation or even themselves. Pat Damiami said, when God first created the world, it was perfect. There was no suffering at all in that perfect creation. There were no natural disasters. In fact, until the flood, it hadn't even rained on the earth. And there was no disease, no cancer, no murders, no terrorist attacks, no wars. And the same will be true in the future paradise that is described at the end of the book of Revelation that will be our perfect eternal home. But as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, their sin subjected the entire creation to chaos. Things began to deteriorate and go from order to disorder. Mankind began to engage in conflicts of various kinds. Earthquakes, floods, and other natural disasters began to occur on a regular basis. And because we live in this world, we are all impacted by that chaos, regardless of whether we have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus or not. Some people choose to obey and worship and love God, and some don't. Some choose to walk in the goodness God created for us, and some don't. Some choose by their free will to do whatever pleases them rather than what pleases God. And when they do, they usually end up hurting somebody else. Man created evil and suffering, not God. God only created the possibility in evil and suffering when he gave us free will. Does that make sense to you? So where is God when we suffer? Where is God when people are hurting and killing each other? Why doesn't he step in to save the day and make everything right? And now, God in his sovereignty has chosen to allow evil and suffering to continue in this world for a time. He has chosen to delay the day of justice, the day of judgment, we call it, so that humans will have time to repent and get their hearts right with him. Now, if God were to intervene, God were to suddenly step in and save the day. If he chose in to to, to step in, correct every sin, every injustice, every infraction, are you ready for him to correct you? If he was suddenly to make everything right, 
where would that leave you and me? Where would we draw the line for God and say, well, take care of them, take care of that problem, but don't deal with me? 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, the desire of God is that everyone would be able to come to him. He knows that is not going to happen, but he is leaving that door open as long as he can so that as many as possible could come to faith and repentance. Someday, God will bring everything to a conclusion, and men will have to give an account for what they have done. Those who have put their trust in Jesus to save them will be saved. And in the meantime, God is using our pain and suffering to teach us and to draw us back to him through Jesus Christ. Suffering is real. We see and we feel the effects of sin every day. We should not be surprised when we have trouble in this life. We live in a fallen creation, a fallen world. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Even though God doesn't often step in to save the day, God cares what happens to us and sustains us through every trial. Jesus suffered the most evil any human being has ever suffered. So he understands what we are going through. Don't ever think that God doesn't care or that God can't possibly understand what you are going through. If you still have questions about God, allowing evil and suffering in this world, know this. There's a lot of evil in this world, but God is still sovereign. God still accomplishes his purposes and his plans in spite of the evil that some people do. So lean on him, trust him that he knows what he's doing. As Jason Smith said, God used a lot of evil to bring about salvation for us. An innocent man was arrested and was unfairly and unjustly tried up to five times. He was beaten, mocked, spit upon, and murdered. If this is not evil, I don't know what is. But God planned it for good. Because of the death of Christ, we can have hope. This hope is the thing that gives us joy in this life. No matter what kind of evil may happen to us in this life, we know that God is working for good. All things work out for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. And because of the cross, we can also rest assured that God understands what it is like to suffer and to have evil done to him personally. No one can say to God, you do not understand what it is like to suffer. He does because our God was willing to suffer on that cross. And we can have hope. We can have truth to build our lives upon in this life until we go to be with him. May God encourage our hearts today, in spite of the evil suffering in this world, to know really where they come from and the one that we can turn to. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this time in your word today. We thank you for uh, these questions that, that bother us, that plague us, that need answers to, and we thank you that you have answered them. 
We thank you for uh, the light that you give us, that you have brought to us light and, and goodness and love and uh, peace and joy. These are the things that you have chosen for our lives. Help us to choose them as well. And we know that they are possible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If anybody is here today and they're wondering these, these questions, they're, they're trying to figure out what life means and, and why certain things are the way they are, may their hearts and minds be open to you. And may your word be able to speak clearly into our hearts today. We thank you for this time of worship. We pray uh, for your grace and peace to be upon us as we share time today and as we go into this week. Our eyes are on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.